Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you Amazing. in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced he supports a change, too. In his prepared testimony, he said, Instead of being granted immunity, platforms should be required to demonstrate that they have systems in place for identifying unlawful content and removing it. But Google doesn't sound like it's on board. CEO Sundar Pichai warned that reforming or repealing the law could harm free expression and hamstring companies. Meanwhile, Twitter is pushing industry solutions, testing out ideas like getting its own users more involved in an open, decentralized platform. Bottom line, Scott, no one is on the same page here, not even the CEOs themselves. An open, decentralized platform with the users involved. That's an interesting idea, kind of like what Wikipedia is. Uh, it sounds like to me on Twitter. Um, I, I saw Zuckerberg said that yesterday about uh, platforms. They should have to have a mechanism for getting what false stuff, illegal stuff, whatever off the site. And I wondered misinformation. If that, and I wonder if, if that was one of those things that Amazon does all the time. The reason Amazon is pushing for a certain wage is that they know that nobody else can do it that and that will keep competition away and i just wonder if that's sort of zuckerberg's facebook thing is no startup could afford to do that so they'll uh, not have any competition 
Right. That's straight out of the Tim Sandifer School of Economic Theory, where the super giants push for more regulation because they know they're the only ones with a compliance department. Yeah. Nobody can start up and comply with all the federal regulations. Not many people realize that. I don't that's know. A good if, point. I don't know if that's what Zuckerberg's up to, but that's the first thing I thought of when I heard him say that. And anyway, we've got more for that hearing that is going to be happening. Oh, breaking news! Breaking news! Jack model Chrissy Teigen has left Twitter. Film at eleven of her boobs. So join us then, because of uh, what? Because it's destroying her soul. It's actually somewhat interesting. I don't follow a lot of models on Twitter. I don't follow any, and uh, I think if you do. You're really kind of a moron. <laughs> uh, Please if, don't if vote. Anybody who tells me they follow any of these hot people, I immediately go to, okay, you're a moron. Let's just tuck that away in the back of my mind. If I'm ever dealing with you for anything, you're a moron. Enact moron protocols. Enact moron <laughs> protocols. Do not loan them anything. Class A, moron. Exactly. Don't ask them for help with anything complicated. You're dealing with a moron. I'm sorry. I think you were trying to set up some fascinating audio. I like it when these famous people announce that they're leaving Twitter instead of just saying, you know, I'm not enjoying this. I don't think I'll look at it anymore. They have to make a public announcement, which is, I think, fits into some of the why you're leaving it is all the attention. I don't know. Yeah, you leave it with a long screed on it about why you're leaving it. And then you come back in a week, by the way. But then you sit down with somebody and do an interview about why you left it. Right. She's not leaving Instagram, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, uh, does it matter who we're hearing from here, or can we just... A uh, tech reporter being okay. interviewed by CNBC. I think what's really notable here is Zuckerberg wants Facebook to be regulated, but only on its own terms, and preferably in a way that might make life a little bit harder for his competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, there's nothing in what he has proposed that would radically change what you see on Facebook day to day. I think Congress is going to push for bigger changes. The challenge for lawmakers, though, is that the First Amendment and Section 230 largely protect companies' rights to police themselves. So if Congress wants to figure out a way to chip away at that it's going to have to be really careful and it's not clear what they can do that will survive legal challenges uh yeah so i guessed correctly or that reporter thinks the same thing i think that facebook's doing what all big companies do they're trying to come up with regulations that other competitors couldn't possibly pull off the wrath of mark i i don't know what i would do if i ran twitter in terms of trying to or facebook i i I don't know what the right answer is on this stuff I wouldn't have kicked Trump off. Sell it off. and retire. <laughs> Sell it and retire and not worry about it anymore. <laughs> Let somebody else worry about it. <laughs> That's not a bad plan right there. That's I'm not going it. to be worrying about it from my island in Barbados. Sell it and never think about it again for a second. Sounds ne- awesome. Never have it cross my mind for even a moment. <laughs> maybe, Cash in and boom toodaloo. <laughs> maybe 15 years ago, it could possibly just briefly flitter into my mind. 15 years from now, I'd think, I wonder what they ever did with the social media thing anyway back to my fishing <laughs> yes the answer the answer sean beautiful but if i am running twitter i don't know how you handle it i wouldn't have kicked trump off but i don't know how you handle violent stuff and well lies I'm, and what's a lie and what's not and i just i don't know i don't know how you do it i have a humiliating confession to make my eyes glaze over as soon as i started to listen to that clip because when you deal with the complexity of you know the things you were talking about, uh, the question of uh, a culture of free speech, the First Amendment, which yes, I understand it's a private company, of course I do, but then you got that Section Two Thirty, and then you have 
every time they try to censor, eliminate misinformation, their ideology becomes so wildly intrusive, and they do such a terrible job at it, and they trample all over what ought to be a free exchange of ideas. I just I think, oh, my God, I, can't, I don't know. I don't know. I like John's answer. I would just sell it and move on. I don't know what the answer to these things are. I, I, my only hope is that in 10 years it's moot anyway because of technological change. I, th- I thought it was interesting that Bernie Sanders yesterday said he's not comfortable with Trump being booted off of Twitter. Yeah. Sanders, he's a fascinating guy. I believe, Bernard Sanders. And I think you do, too. That's the, that's the man, yes. Uh, that he's a principled man. Uh, I, I think his principles are completely Looney Tunes. I think they would ruin humanity. They would end up with you, me, and everybody else in a gulag. But I think he believes what he says. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's always just seemed weird to me that uh, a guy, the most famous person on planet Earth, so much of what he had to say we don't hear now because of one man's decision just seems weird to me, even though I fully understand it's they have the legal right to do that and everything. So you got the evil Zuckerberg. You got uh, Jack Dorsey from Twitter. He's going to be on the Hill. Do we have a little clip about him, too, Sean? How hot is Jack Dorsey's seat going to be tomorrow? He, of course, the CEO of Twitter. Well, I think he it's fair to say he may be the most chill of the three CEOs that are going to be appearing tomorrow. Uh, I would be surprised if he raised his voice even a little bit, no matter how heated the questioning gets. I think what's really notable about his testimony, though, is that it's kind of a muddle. He says Twitter is working on a number of sort of very uh, high concept projects like decentralizing the network or letting users uh, do a lot of the policing of content for them. I'm really not sure that Congress is going to find any of these suggestions all that satisfying. Well, he, well, first of all, Congress doesn't understand anything he'll say because they're 90 years old and they don't, they don't have any idea what he's talking about. He looks crazier than he's ever looked, so they're going to think he's one of the guys that stormed the Capitol and was hiding in a closet for the last two months. <laughs> he ought to show up in the moose hat. Yeah, sure. And he's, he's not chill. He's starving. He yeah. needs a calorie. Give yeah, the man some energy. He's not clearly sentient. He just, he's as a matter of, then uh, how will Twitter address the misinformation. Uh, uh, we'll try to. Um, I know a couple people our like users that. Will, uh, that are very zen and are also starving. And uh, so, so I think some of the whole I'm like really calm about life is because you're just too hungry to react. You're on fire. I, uh, you can't muster a fight. I, I can't lift my arm. <laughs> Jeez, I don't eat a couple of fish scales or, or, or I don't know, lick some wheat or something. Try to get a calorie. What right. he eats for ten minutes a day or something like that? So, something like that. And he may even take like days off. He may eat ten minutes a day, like every other day or something weird. And then he jumps in the hundred and fifty degree hot tub and then immediately into an ice bath and back and forth several times before wow. bedtime. Go ahead. Before, <laughs> Knock yourself out. Before backpacking through the Serengeti for several weeks and, like, tweeting about it. And then you have the under-discussed and completely evil Google and uh, Sundar Pichai, the uh, CEO of said conglomerate. Go ahead, Sean. 
Well, interestingly, he's the one who's actually standing up for Section 230. He's pointing out that the Internet is actually bigger than the three companies that will be speaking tomorrow. Uh, and he's urging lawmakers to take real caution as they attempt to, to chip away at what uh, a lot of people, myself included, do believe is the foundation of the modern Internet. Uh, and then I think Pichai uh, serves a second function, which is sort of as a human shield to prevent the CEO of YouTube from having to testify when most of lawmakers' questions about Google, frankly, are about that platform. You know- Hmm. Google is so giant, and he he has decided, unlike the others, to keep such a low profile. He doesn't want to be a household name. He doesn't want everybody to know the the temperature of his baths and what he eats and who he's dating. Yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Google it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I wish them all well. Anybody like to make a friendly bet that nothing comes of this? <laughs> yeah, I'm not betting against it. Um. I just saw a headline, alcohol sales drop for the first time since the pandemic began. Is that one of the best indicators that uh, we're coming out of this thing? Or, it's or is good. this another thing millennials are killing? No, I don't think millennials are killing booze, but... Um, <laughs> I think they probably are to some extent. I know they're uh, they're not drinking beer. Uh, I think they're drinking less wine. It's because they're stoned. Mm. I mean, you all potted up on your, your weeds, and you don't need to drink. Hmm. I guess. False Although, choice. Some people mix the two of them in an orgy of senselessness. What's <laughs> or to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Nothing. Yeah. yeah nothing, nothing is stopping that. That's right. It'll happen all the time. Um, a guy found shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch, and it's turned into a story. You can't tell if this is real or not. And a wake makeover, woke makeover. Wake Mokover <laughs> for Monopoly. Oh, yeah. Woke Monopoly. Woke Monopoly. Well, I'll give it a whirl because it's got to be better than the regular Monopoly. <laughs> Anything would be. Right. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I got a thing for you, babe. Always have. I never knew how far my heart would take me. When was the last time you had a conversation with President Biden? Even on the phone? I don't believe I've spoken with him since he was sworn in. I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow, Biden, who spent the entire campaign talking about bipartisanship and working across the aisle, hasn't even chatted with Mitch McConnell. And was in the Senate with uh, these people. Uh, Hasn't talked to the leader of the other party in the Senate. That's not a joke. I don't know what you take from that. You know, it makes me a bad talk show host to point out when I'm wrong, but uh, I had, in a uh, moment of misplaced optimism, predicted that Joe Biden, since he was old friends with Mitch McConnell, would be uh, something of a uniter and a calmer of partisan passions. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. (laughs) I I just wonder to what extent Joe Biden is in charge of policy in the Biden-Harris administration. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, plenty of good stuff to come. I want to pay this off the board game, and that's spelled both B-O-A-R-D and B-O-R-E-D. The board game Monopoly uh, will be the next classic entertainment brand to receive a socially conscious makeover, friends, according to Hasbro. Hasbro will change all 16 of Monopoly's community chest cards to remove outdated concepts. 
I wish I had all of them in no, front of me. There are some, because I've played Monopoly within days of this conversation. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we play Monopoly at home now, and then my kids kind of like it. We've never finished a game or had anybody declared a winner. Neither is anybody neither else. Neither is anybody else. Um, but the, some of the cards are just ridiculously outdated. The company said the classic versions of the cards, which include prompts referencing beauty contests and holiday funds, were long overdue for a refresh. Yeah. <laughs> My kids ask me what some of those things are, and I say, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah, so Sean, can you come up with all the community chess cards in Monopoly? Surely they're somewhere online. But uh, new community chess cards will focus on topics that emphasize community. Hasbro asked the public to vote on potential replacements uh, for actions such as rescuing a puppy or shopping local. <laughs> Here's my replacement. Replace playing Monopoly with doing anything else. That'd be my replacement. Other cards would penalize players for forgetting to recycle. Oh, God. Or blasting music too late at night. Says uh, Eric Nyman, Hasbro's chief consumer officer, quote, The world has changed a lot since Monopoly became a household name more than 85 years ago. And clearly today, community is more important than ever. Actually, I'd say community is less important than ever, sir. I think it's exactly the opposite of what you said. I think belligerent, angry tribalism is more important than ever, but not community. But this is Hisboro that uh, brought us the taking the Mr. off of Mr. Potato Head and got so much attention for Potato Head. Castrated Potato Head. <laughs> so they, they know how to work the, the modern media. Speak, speaking of the modern media, how stupid is this? Not everyone was pleased with Hasbro's announcement. Critics took to social media to voice their displeasure. Yeah, we know they did. We know they did. If Hasbro cured cancer, Twitter would erupt with criticisms of it. Yeah, that whole that that kind of journalism, which we've called the laziest journalism that's ever existed. Um, I saw that. So when when Biden tripped up the stairs on Friday, and man, did that story go away. It was a when when Trump walked gingerly on the stairs. It was an actual story on the Sunday talk shows about his health and age of presidents went on. Biden almost fell completely down the stairs. And the story went away in about an hour. But anyway, um, I saw like a New York Post, New York Post article. Twitter roasts President Biden for tripping up the stairs, and they had three not particularly good takes of mm. tweets that they grabbed, and that was their article. Mm. It's just such lazy journalism. You know, maybe when I'm getting my COVID shot, I can get some sort of shot that that inoculates me against ever reading anything like that again. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I'd like a filter that gets rid of those stories. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I'm reading this from the Morning Dispatch. It's increasingly looking like, due to excessive partisanship on both sides, we're not going to get any kind of 9-11-style commission digging into the events of January 6th. So we're not going to have any sort of investigation to try to figure out what happened, how coordinated it was, you know, the response to it, how do, how do, how, do you, how did it happen from the response end of it, how did we not have more uh, protection, just neither side can, there, there are no grown-ups that can get together and have an adult conversation about this. Yeah. Nancy well, Pelosi wouldn't allow any Republicans on her side, Republicans don't want to give an inch on the, anything that would uh, make them look like they're anti-Trump, so it just ain't going to happen. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Law enforcement's doing plenty of investigating. Right. Yeah. And these commissions rarely accomplish anything. But this is a particularly bad reason for a commission not to come together. 
Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I'd be more frustrated, except I just, the circumstances that led to January 6th were so weird and probably never to be repeated. Um, I'm less concerned. I mean, like after 9-11, fundamentalist Islam was on the march, vowing more violence and more death and that sort of thing. I just, I don't see Trump holding another rally, you know, the day of the certification of the electoral vote ever again. Uh huh. But I just, I don't think Congress can do anything anymore. Boy, that's true. That's 100% true. Um, uh, some interesting conversation about cancel culture from some unlikely sources and what the definition of cancer culture is currently, I think you'll like. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Go to Whole Foods, lose $100. That'd be a gay, good new woke community chest card for Monopoly. <laughs> uh, Overpay for farm fresh produce. Yeah. Buy organic, even though that doesn't mean anything. Lose $100. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, boy. I've quit fighting that fight. Um,. Uh, woke culture is wearing people out, including uh, liberal Bill Maher. I was reading about this guy, Winston Marshall, the banjo player in Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. This guy tweeted out that he liked a book. It's a book called Unmasked. I never heard of it. You never heard of it. It's apparently not favorable to Antifa, so it's mm-hmm. criticizing Antifa. Okay, people write books. 
he tweeted out, finally had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man, to the author. Now he has to step away. Everyone's always stepping away from the band. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and he, this is his apology. Again, so Soviet. Over the past few days, I have come to con better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. What? Yeah. Would you hit somebody over the head with it? <laughs> I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates. What a bunch of p they must be. And for that, I am truly sorry. It's yeah. so Stalin-esque. Yeah. It's so, you know what? Right, How about I can read what I want? I'm a musician. Don't well, worry. It won't happen again. Yeah, we, we did that story. Uh, That's so sickening, not just because I really like that band, but to see somebody <laughs> forced to their knees for daring to dissent. I don't know how we get back to the old days, but, you know, Bill Maher looks at it the way anybody over 45 does. Like, yeah, people write books. Some books are about this and some books are about that. What, whatever. What what the hell difference does it make? And different people read different books. What whatever. Well, not how only that, that become, how does that become anything? But if you get into the particulars, then it's really scary. Because here's here's a book criticizing violent Marxist extremists. And he says, Wow, that's a brave book. Well done. And his musician friends unleash such a torrent of of bitter tears and just the mucus of, of just horror that he even read it and said something nice about it. How could you be upset that upset? That the guy liked that book. That really speaks to how how tribal and and and, and how you must your silence must be enforced. And God, they're way out there. Robbie Suave, who we've had on many times, senior editor at Reason, which is a libertarian magazine, uh, was talking about the problem of defining cancel culture. But some people use it to try to protect themselves if they just you know made a bad policy choice. But um. Uh, and how big a problem it actually is. And here's a quote. I think that it's the climate that we live in now, trying to define climate culture, the climate we live in now of being held accountable in a very severe and punitive way for things you've said or done maybe recently, but maybe in the distant past that don't totally reflect who you are as a person, but come to define you and come to cause you to really suffer. Uh, like I said, I don't know how we, I don't know how we step back from this because. You make a comment that de that does define you. The social media goes wild if they decide to latch onto it. It could be a decade ago. It can be when you were a child. Your school or your employers or your friends freak out because right. they think it's the end of the world, even though it'll be over in a day. Well, it's so obvious to anybody not indoctrinated since they were a little kid in that horrific culture. What's going on? I mean, it's. It's a crowd of people standing around and them all saying, I'm the most righteous. I'm the most righteous. No, no, no. I'm the most righteous. And then they have to prove how righteous and enlightened they are by attacking and tearing apart anybody who sins against the doctrine. Crunchy. Never mind that, that it was a long time ago or it's innocent or they didn't mean it that way or the standard itself is idiotic. You're demonstrating your own puritanical righteousness by tearing others down. And that's what's so sick about it. It's not about trying to make the world a better place. It's trying to aggrandize yourself. It's like I was saying the other day about presentism. Presentism is the most disgusting, humble brag in the world. If you can say Abraham Lincoln was a bad guy, you are stating I'm a better human being than Abraham Lincoln, which is a hell of a brag.
It's a humble brag. I was actually watching Bill Maher and his variety of comments against uh, cancel culture and wokeness and all that sort of stuff. I I wonder if he uh, I wonder if he's long for this. I wonder at what point he crosses some sort of line. Well, he's on HBO, which helps, and I'm sure he has a contract. Got to be a lot of his crowd that's not digging his act right now. Anyway, uh, I've got some really fascinating COVID statistics for you. Gets to the whole how deadly, how scary COVID actually is compared to what a lot of people think it is and maybe why we have some of the policies we have and why there are still so many kids not in school all across the country. I don't know if you saw that feature uh, Fox did yesterday on Oh, we got to talk about the second largest teachers union in America said we're, we 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 don't think the CDC is right about the whole six feet three feet distance thing. Oh, oh so okay. now you're the expert more than the, okay. Well, we'll talk about that. We're next. gonna follow the science. You know, we don't worship being one hundred percent safe around here at the A and G show. We believe in uh, living your life, having a little sense of adventure, little uh, innovation, that sort of thing. Take chances. On the other hand. I've never taken chances on keeping my family safe, and whether uh, it's from a break-in, a fire, flooding, or medical emergency, our great sponsor, Simply Safe, and their home security deliver award-winning 24/7 protection. And it's simple to use. It's simple to order. It's simple to set up. You set up Simply Safe yourself in about 30 minutes. Couldn't be easier. Then the Simply Safe professionals take over, and that's when you get that 24-7 protection. And they've won all kinds of awards against much more expensive, much more complicated systems. It is an arsenal of cameras and sensors custom-made for your home. Uh, so check it out at simplysafe.com. Use the code Armstrong, and you get a free home security camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. 60-day risk-free trial. There is nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Um... Yeah, so the AFT union, it's the second biggest teachers union in America, told the Biden administration yesterday they're not convinced it's safe to cut school social distancing to three feet. So there's, they, they don't recommend schools open, especially in schools, uh, blah, 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 in these areas, la, 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 la. So we now have gone from we're going to follow the science to we're ignoring the science to we're acknowledging the science but telling them they're wrong because I'm in a teachers union. That's my credibility on this wow that is just freaking amazing and getting away with it by the way getting away with it getting rewarded for it by uh, getting much more money that reminds me and i don't know when we can squeeze this in we'll talk about it during the break maybe but we received an email from a high school teacher about what it's been like to have the kids come back and uh his or her experience it's it's crazy uh it's scary uh, wrote this teacher, stranger than okay. you can even imagine. I can't wait to hear that. So here are some stats. What are you. we doing to the children? What are those teachers' unions doing to the children? 97% of all COVID deaths are over the age of 45. Amazed I hadn't heard this stat yet. 97% of the deaths are over 45. So practically all of them. If you're under 45, you have a better one-year odd of dying from a motorcycle crash, falling off a ladder, drowning, a car crash, a firearm death, poisoning, or all kinds of other things hmm. um, than you are of dying of COVID. I need to cancel my drive my motorcycle on a ladder over a pool plans this weekend. <laughs> exactly. While holding a gun to my head and drinking bleach. Something that's either whiskey or formaldehyde, and I can't remember which. Right. But uh, and in 45, you know, is a long way from school age, and it's still um, 
97%. And what was what was the stat we had last week about um for for whatever reason people that tend to be the left politically think it's 80 times more deadly for young people than it is. Correct. 80 times. No wonder our policies are so twisted. We're no, just a poorly informed nation. Or no wonder you grab your kids and leave the park when I show up without a mask on. If you think it's 80 times more deadly than it actually is. You could have practically outfitted kids in nurse garb and had them minister to patients in COVID wards. They're the practically impervious to the thing. It's nearly miraculous. You like there's and, labor laws that are against that. <laughs> well, geez, I said you almost could, Sean. Um, and so the teacher, God, I just, they're so unspeakably evil. I, I, you know, I am a peaceful man and I urge you to be peaceful too, my friends. But when you think about the gravity of the damage done to innocent little children by the greed and selfishness of a lot of the teachers' unions, it, it stirs you up to want to do something. Yeah, it does. Legislative, administrative, get your kids the hell out of public schools Uh Are you going to tell us the thing from the uh, high school teacher? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, yeah, why not? Why okay, not? And, then, and later we got to get into the uh, Mark Stein had some pretty funny takes, maybe for hour three of uh, pretty funny takes on Bill Clinton, Kamala Harris being in charge of an up with women get together. Yes. And did I mention Chrissy Teigen is leaving Twitter? Uh, I've adjusted, I think. <laughs> I'll take a look yeah. at that during the commercials. What this situation really shows is how, even in this age of technology, we still depend on old school things like cargo ships and canals. I mean, think about it. Right now, we can use our wireless computer phone to buy a hologram with cryptocurrency. But at the same time, big boat got stuck, water too small. Yeah, that's true. I always think about that when I hear about the percentage of stuff that travels on a truck, which is practically everything, or a train. It's practically yeah. everything. Yep, yep. It's amazing to me that one jammed up uh, the canal could cause such a disruption in the world economy, but obviously it does. It's causing like an actual traffic jam of boats. Like the boats on each side of this canal can't get, they're just having like a flotilla. They're throwing their ropes, connecting their things together. They probably got margaritas going at this point. <laughs> you know, it gets back to that whole just-in-time economy that we have now that's really interesting. You know, the more I read about it, the more I understand, A, I can't understand it, and B, it's 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 crazy. Uh, just the efficiency that we move stuff around the planet these days, or at least until COVID. Try to get a dining room set. Or anyway. T- or till you get your boat stuck in the mud. <laughs> right. Right. So we got this note from uh, Al or Aileen Anonymous, um, who's a high school teacher. And their high school has a what was described as a Byzantine hybrid schedule. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, you teach Group A, then there's Group B and C and D, and they come a different day for two hours and blah, blah. It's just crazy. Um, and I'll skip that part. And what are um, they getting out of the two hours that they're there? Suffice it to say that I taught each class twice, once in the morning for in-person students, once in the afternoon for online students. My in-person classes ranged anywhere from five to ten students each. 
I like to focus on one of my classes in particular, which I didn't teach until today. This is a higher math class, <clears throat> excuse me, of almost exclusively college-bound students. I previously notified my students that with the hybrid model, our class time was significantly less than it had been under all online classes. 50 minutes versus 90. Therefore, it was incumbent upon them to watch my instructional videos before class, take whatever notes they thought were necessary because we only had 50 minutes to get right into practice problems. Not a single one of them had watched the video for today's class. I wasn't going to reteach the material in the video, so I tried to incorporate as much instruction as I could while we worked out problems. Not long after I started in, I stopped. They were just staring at me. Are any of you going to write down any of this? A few reached for pencils and notebooks. I continued my instruction. As I'm wont to do when teaching, I frequently stopped and asked questions to check for student understanding. I did. I asked a student a question. The student just stared at me. I looked at the student for a moment and then said, you realize I can see you right, right? <clears throat> You're not hiding behind a screen with your camera turned off. I said it with a hint of humor, but the dark truth is there. These kids have no idea how to be students. They've completely forgotten. Well, you know, I, <clears throat> I'd never even thought about this aspect of it. If, any, if you've ever tried to go back to school after you left school, like after you graduated college and you went back to school, you know what that feels like when you realize, I don't have this muscle anymore. This yeah. pay attention, write this stuff down, study thing that I used to do, I did for years and years and years. I don't remember how to do this anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. That's a good point. It seems just suffocatingly oh. difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, that so experience, Michael. Another problem is that you know what the teacher is telling you is BS. Well, there's that. that. That's part of that. That's a different yeah. problem. On the other hand, this is mathematics. So going on with the the uh, the note, yes, I know that 374 days had passed since the last time they were in school, but these college-bound students had been in school for several years before that period. None of these students is a freshman. They have forgotten how to be students. Yeah, that was this, my point. Is I don't know how <clears throat> I don't know how fast that happens since I've I've experienced that forgetting how to be a student. I guess it happened can happen in a year with young people. That's troubling. He mentions that he had a conversation with administration about this, and they say, yeah, we're getting this from a lot of teachers. Oh, boy. This is something nobody had ever even anticipated. I know. That's why I wanted to share this with you, because it's uh, such a troubling revelation, but they've forgotten how to be students. This partly explains their low grades. They don't engage. They turn off their cameras, and I cannot require them to turn them on. They don't ask questions. They don't really take notes. They listen to my videos, at least they did when I played them during class, and they listen to me talk and explain. They don't do anything. They sit and listen and let the words flow over and around them. They learn only what they hear and remember, which cognitive science will tell you won't be much. They are completely passive now. There's nothing hmm. active at all about their learning. I mean, that was me in high school anyways, and I didn't have the pen. <laughs> uh, but it's like we had the conversation conversation the other day about if you if you stop working out how hard it is to ever start again if you're in the habit of working out it's almost effortless to do it every day but then trying to do it again it, it, apparently it's the same way for you know having the concentration and and interest in in reading and writing and taking all the notes down and studying i also think if we compare the different levels of of schooling high schoolers in my view would be much more capable of engaging and being successful at distance learning of course. My oh, guess yeah. would be this gets worse the younger you get. Yeah, I could believe that, absolutely. 
So this teacher goes on to say, it's the strangest and scariest thing I've seen on a large scale in all of my years of teaching. Yes, we've heard about the emotional and psychological tolls that staying home has had on students. We've read about the increase in therapy, suicides, etc. Uh, until though, to, until today, though, that was all abstract to me. Today, I saw the damage up close and personal. I have no idea if they'll get back to normal anytime soon or not. Uh, if they don't, though, we have a much bigger problem on our hands than so-called learning loss. This could be nightmarish. Oh, the, well, I, you know, I've been saying this for a while, that next year, the big topic is going to be this whole schooling thing. I thought it was only going to be around. Um, there are lots of kids that are learning zero. Then there are some kids that their parents, you know, are tiger moms or whatever, that they're getting something out of it, and then every range in between. And mm. now you're a teacher, and you take in, and you've got a third grader, who's really a first grader, and then you've got a third grader who's ready for third grade, and then everything in between. How the hell do you teach that? You didn't te- You don't teach second grade. You're a third grade teacher, but they didn't go to second grade. Well, and I think you made a great point about going back to school. It reminded me of when I did the same thing and how overwhelming it seems and how awful it seems. And your brain knows I have the option to not do this. Yeah. You start kids in school at an early age, and it's a, for most kids, it's a fun, stimulating social environment, and it's tough, and they don't love it all the time, but it is their world, and so they're really, really good at it. Now they know there's the option of just sitting here. Boy, I hadn't even considered this aspect of it. Yeah. If you've ever been through that, you know, you know what we're talking about. It's, it's a terrible feeling. <laughs> yeah, I'll go back to a class. This will be kind of fun. And then you sit there first time and think, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> this is awful. This is terrible. This takes effort, and I don't want to put any effort in. Well, at least it would be perfectly safe to have kids in school right now, but the teachers' unions are still threatening to not open in the fall. At least we've got that to count on. And we've got the teachers' unions arguing with the CDC, saying, no, we don't believe your science. Oh, because you, your expertise in this is what now? Yeah. Yep. It's pretty outrageous. Wow. That is so Super troubling. Oh, my God. The number of stories that are going to be coming out of this starting next fall. Yeah, I appreciate this teacher posting this and and sending it along to us. Everybody needs to be uh, anonymous these days, which is a shame. I would like to hear this discussed uh, on a national level. Yeah, I think it may be the single most important conversation we could have as a people at this point. If anybody's got anything to add to that, your experience, 415-295-KFTC is the text line, 415-295-KFTC. And you're right, this could be the most important thing going on in the country right now. Oh, my God, the poor kids. Armstrong and Getty. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 